Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kumi Sheree podcast. I am Kish Kumi Price. I'm Dina Sheree. <laughs> and we are joined today by two of our sisters, uh, Dr. Candice, who some of you may remember joining us in a, some previous uh, episodes of the podcast, and Brittany Boone, who we're excited to um, join this podcast and to hear her uh, testimony. So, what are we talking about today? It's kind of a follow-up from our identity series. And we were just talking about just the the ways in which we invite God to really do a scan of our lives and determine what it is that we have attached to us that is not pleasing to him. Is there anything, God, that's unlike you, right? Asking, you know, for God to give us that um, clean and, and pure heart and asking him to really get into everything concerning us, right? And so we're excited about this conversation because Dr. Candace mentioned in one of our last episodes that she was originally affiliated with the Greek organization and renounced and denounced. And uh, we didn't go deep into that at the time, but we said, you know what? We need to talk about that. That's a testimony. We'd love for you to share it. And then she brought in Brittany And we're just excited to have both of you here. So thank you for joining us. And um, we want to start just by laying out the the why. So typically we start with a a grounding scripture. So we're going to look at Proverbs 29, 25. Um, And I think this is, I mean, there's so many different variations of this about the fear of God and the fear of man. But it says the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe, right? God constantly asks us and challenges us to determine who are we going to put our trust in? Who are we going to put our hope in? Will it be him or will it be man? Choose this day whom you will serve. Like he's constantly asking us to make a choice. And so sometimes when we make those choices, it feels weird when you're you're going against what you know or what you think you know, and it feels counterculture. And so this conversation today, of course, we're talking about what that means for Candace and Brittany, who have both renounced and denounced their Greek affiliation. So Dina and I will just be asking some questions here just to get a better sense of that. Um, I think we'll start, if it's okay with you, Dr. Candace, um, by asking you, uh, to share just a little bit of your story. Like, how did you come to the place where God led you and said, hey, I, I did the scan and this is what you need to look into? Yeah, first of all, it's good to be back. So thank you, <laughs> Dr. Kish. Thank you, Minister Dina, for having me. And I'm so glad that Brittany and I are on here together. And um, to not like go seriously long, um, you know, I, and I may have said it before that I, I never thought that I would, um, you know, get out of the sorority. I, I thought it was going to be forever. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was all in. I, I didn't. Um, growing up, I didn't know anything about Greek letter organizations. There wasn't anyone in my family that I knew of at the time that was Greek until after I crossed, which I thought was kind of funny. Like I didn't even know, but you know, my, my family member was not out loud too much about it, but I have a really big family. So we weren't like in touch all the time anyway. So again, I didn't, um, have that knowledge until I got to college 
and saw um, Greek letter organizations and new people from Louisville, you know, that were in these organizations. And I looked up to them. And so that's how I found out on campus what a little bit about what they were. And so um, I remember freshman year is is so interesting because, and now it's interesting how you reflect on your life and you see your ways because now I can say, you know what? I always was kind of trying to do something different. I really didn't want to do what everyone else did. I didn't really recognize that going along in my life. I really didn't like people telling me what to do, even though I might not express it out loud. I might, you know, say it to myself or just decide, okay, I'm going to go over left. Everybody's going right. I'm going to go left. So it's interesting that I did join an organization. I remember my best friend was like, I was kind of surprised you joined anyway. Like after I told her that I had, you know, denounced, had gotten out of the sorority. But I remember freshman year, um, you know, I was invited to um, a tea for one organization, but I just didn't want people to know my move. I wanted to stay independent. I didn't want anyone to know my business. I wanted to decide on my own and me make the decision. Oh, I'm going to go to the interest meeting on my own. It was interesting, but I, I kind of was flattered that I was invited. (laughs) I did like that (laughs) attention. I did like that affirmation, like, Oh, we want you here, but I'm like, thank you, but I'm going to decide on my own. Um, and so I, you know, decided to, um, join or, you know, be a part of Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And, you know, my story is I was, I was, I was all in. Um, There were definitely things that were very uncomfortable. It was very dark. There were things that I was really confused about. Um, Honestly, my, what I would call it was a fog. And I remember using that language, maybe to somebody, I felt like I was in a fog while I was online and even after being online, but I ignored it. I didn't, I ignored it. I just thought, because I knew how I felt with the big sisters who brought me in. And I felt like, okay, because how I was treated online, I'm ready for them to graduate. (laughs) Like, and once they graduate, then I'll be free to be. And I really remember that I felt like because they were gone, I felt more freedom. I felt more at peace, not realizing that honestly, that was a heavy spirit that was on me, whatever you want to call it, you know, it, but are you saying after you crossed, you still felt that? Is that what you're saying? I still felt that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I still felt that. And doing some reflection, looking back, I know that I wanted to be pleasing to people. Mm -hmm. I want, that was my, that was my, I wanted to do the right thing. And I noticed that from even childhood, I want to do the right thing. I didn't want to get in trouble. And so my, um, what am I trying to say? My, I just was trying to do the right thing. Like that was at the forefront of my mind. I want to do the right thing for my parents. I want to do the right thing for these sisters in the organization, because this is what they, these are the expectations that they have of me. Right. And I could keep going on about my story, but I will say the big piece was, is I just started to draw closer and closer to God. Like after graduation, um, I had a daughter who was amazing. And so priorities were shifting and I was drawing closer to Jesus. I had joined a new church. So I was hungry. I was in my Bible more, right? He was changing me from the inside out. So that caused me to really look at, okay, Candace, what are the things that you have going on in your life? I mentioned I had a daughter I wasn't married. So you have that. So I'm figuring out that dynamic and wanting to 
be a good example for my daughter and come out of mess, honestly, surrounding having a child and not being married because there was a lot of mess that I was a part of and participated in (laughs) and things Mm -hmm. swirling around. So I really was coming to God like, God, help me. And he was shining the light. You know, as you as you consume the word, you know, your eyes are open. Right. When I read the word, when I listen to sermons, you know, when I'm having dialogue with sisters about spiritual walk and spiritual things in Jesus, then that's causing me to really look at my life and say, am I being the light that he's Mm. called me to be? That just (laughs) that's just happening. It can't help but happening as I'm making the decision to choose him. And so he was just highlighting things. And I just think God is so gracious. (laughs) Right. Because I don't know. If in 2017, if he was like, yeah, Candace, you need to go ahead. I'd have been like, no, because honestly, I had gone on YouTube because YouTube was starting to get big. Maybe it was a little bit before then and seen denouncement videos. And I was like, no, 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 I'm in this thing for life, even though I wasn't really as active as I used to be. Um, You know, but God in his love. Right. It's his goodness. Right. And, and And we'll have to put that scripture in the comments. But. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. So I just believe in yes. my situation and everybody, she was being so good, so gracious, so gentle, where I got to the point that I was ready to get that realization that, wait a minute, Candace, let's really look at what this sorority is about. And I pulled out the rituals. I pulled out my Bible. Actually, it was one of my... Um, and I'm sorry, I know I'm getting long with I'm going to try to wrap it up. No, this is one, good. Of, one of the young ladies that I brought no, no, no. into the organization and she had posted in 2019, early January, which is a lot of organizations um, when they were founded. So there's a lot of, you know, social media mm-hmm. and, and gatherings together to celebrate, you know, anniversary and all that stuff. And she had posted, I'm going live on such and such day to talk about denounce. And I was like, wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. I know you. I brought you in. What do you mean? And it was just this. I know it was the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Just like, okay, you need to pay attention. Like my stomach was rumbling. I I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) You know, so her step of faith. Her obedience to what she felt like Holy Spirit was revealing to her caused me to pay attention because I know you, sis. This is not just a random YouTube post or face. No, I know you know you. I brought you in. Wow. Like I brought you and the rest of the line sisters in on your line. I was all up in that. I was the president of the chapter at the time. Right. My name is on the paper. So I'm paying attention. And just so clearly she brought up scriptures. She talked about rituals and the things that we did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was just as clear. It was so clear. And I did take time to consecrate. I prayed. I fasted. That's what I felt like I needed to do because I hear you, sis, and it's hitting me. But as for me, let me myself, you know, do my own praying and fasting um, and reading the word and looking at the ritual and seeing how it aligns. And it was like, yeah, Candace, you got to, you got to make, you got to get out. Basically, you got to get out, come out from among them and be you separate. That was one wow. of the scriptures that were highlighted. Um, mm. So there's so much in between there, but I will stop right there. <laughs> that was so good. So good. Um, I I know we're going to go deeper. I just want to give Brittany uh, the, the floor to share your story. 
Yes. It's funny listening to Dr. Candace's story because our stories are so similar. Growing up, I didn't know anything about Black Greek letter organizations until I was about a junior in high school and my cousin went off to college and she was like, hey, I'm rooming with this girl. She's an AKA. She's like, when you go to college, you need to get into this because these girls like run the campus. They're everything. Just tell me everything about it. And at the time I'm in high school, I'm like, I I don't really care, but okay. <laughs> but when I got to college, I that's when like in um, freshman orientation, you go around and you see all the different um, Greek organizations and all the organizations on campus. And then I saw them like in the uh, pink and green, the AKAs that she was talking about. I was like, oh, was like that's what they're talking. That's what she was talking about. Like, okay, let me learn more about these girls. And so I did. I started going to all of their events and I saw that they were like running the campus. It seemed like like they were all so popular and also beautiful, I thought, and just also involved. And I was just like, okay, I've got to be a part of this. Like I knew freshman year that that's what I wanted to do. So of course I kept it a secret from everybody. I didn't even want them to know, the AKAs, to know that I was interested. Like I was so nervous. And I went out my sophomore year, ended up getting in. And um, definitely like Dr. Candace said, being online, I literally it was just such a dark time because we went through the underground process as well as the above ground process. And so the underground process was definitely just like uh, a lot of mind games, you know, like we got lack of no sleep, a lot of um, where you meet up at nighttime in the middle of the night, it's called set and all that. And, um, and then the above ground processes, that's where you do the rituals and all that. But like the whole time, it kind of like Dr. Candace described, it was like a fog. It was like so dark, but I was literally so, me personally, I was so desperate to get in that I was like, I will do anything. Like, I don't care. Mm. I'm I'm getting these letters. And again, just like her, I was like, I knew I was in it for life. Like, that's even what they tell you in the rituals. Like, this is something that you, until death, basically like in a marriage, you know, until death do us part. That's what I believed uh, I was doing. I was like, yep, this is it. And when I got my letters, when I crossed, I just was just so a totally new person. Like, I didn't even know it. But um, people, even back, um, one of my friends from high school, we kind of grew apart after I crossed. And she was like, you're she's like, you've changed. Like, you got a man now. And now you're an AKA. She's like, you've changed. But I couldn't even see it myself. But I did in retrospect, I was like, I definitely was feeling myself like I was just, you couldn't tell me nothing. I wore letters probably every day, not just on carry, but like keychains on my car, uh, the license plate everywhere. You're going to see pink and green somewhere on me. So and again, after undergrad, um, in my first year of grad school, I got pregnant by my boyfriend, who's now my husband. And it was such, uh, that was something that I just always told myself growing up, like I'm never, first of all, I always said I was never going to have um, sex before marriage. I was like, I'm never going to have a child out of wedlock because I grew up in a Christian home. So I know these things are right and wrong, but still I got pregnant my freshman or my first year of grad school. And um, that me being pregnant actually led me to open up my Bible 
for the first time in forever. Wow. And when I'm pregnant, that's when I started my walk, my, my own personal walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, that was at 22. At 25, I um, got actually saved, um, but it wasn't long. And I, I wanted to do right. Like I, when I got saved, I was like, okay, like I, I can't be sleeping with my boyfriend anymore. Like I'm going to be, you know, back away from these sins, but it wasn't long until I was right back into my sins. And um, so then again, fast forward to uh, 32. This was just last year. It's so funny. I just love how God orchestrates everything. Uh, It was actually, I went to, uh, I was just introduced to a group of girls who Dr. Candace is in this group of girls. So I didn't know her at the time, Um, but we went to a movie called Come Out in Jesus Name. And she doesn't even know this part, but when she walked into the movie theater that night and someone introduced me to her, she um, she was like, this is Brittany, she, you know, a.k.a. Uh, she said the church name I was a part of, Western. And when she said that, I was I was thinking to myself, like, I don't want to be introduced as an AKA. And I don't even know why, like, I felt that way. But I was just like, that thought came to me. And I, I didn't think much about wow. it, of course. But we went to watch the movie and it was talking about how um, it really just was open eye-opening that Christians could be bound, could be um, bound by demonic things and strongholds in their life. So at the end of the movie, they did a deliverance prayer. And in that, after the movie, of course, I'm like, well, throughout the whole movie, you know, you're seeing people being delivered, um, demons manifesting, which, you know, when that happens, uh, people throw up, contort their bodies, scream, all that. And as crazy as it sounds, I was like, I want that experience for myself because I want to know for sure if anything demonic is in me that is getting out. So I was like, when they did deliverance prayer, that whole thing that was happening in the movie, the uh, demons manifesting was happening in a movie theater as well. And people were like screaming and contorting their bodies and all this. And I was just sitting there like closing my eyes, praying so strongly. I was like, if anything evil was in me, please, God, get it out. Like, I had never felt, like, so passionate about that. But I could just feel a blockage. And I was like, okay. I was like, uh, there has to be something here. I know I'm not perfect. Even though I thought that I was, I thought I was believed I was a saved uh, Christian, but I was still like that next morning, I went on a fast. And I was like, God, I'm not eating anything until I know what is in me wants to get out. Cause again, like I felt that blockage. I felt like something wanted to get out, but I didn't know what it was. So in within like a couple of hours, I started, I Googled search is AKA a cult. And when I did that, someone's name came to mind who, again, I had just met a couple months earlier. And I was like, so I text her, I was like, Hey, and the crazy thing is I had been inactive for like eight years and I had just planned on getting reactive that week. That week that I renounced, I had planned on getting reactive. And um, I was like, hey, girl, I was like, so I I was planning on um, getting reactive with AKA. And now I'm even questioning, is it a cult? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. If you have any insight, please tell me. And she was like, here, my sis made a denouncement video. She was like, I think you should watch this. It was Dr. Candace's denouncement video. And when I watched it, Oh my goodness, like I related to every single word she said. It was just like 
eye-opening. And at the same time, she she had come out of Delta. So I was like, well, and I was like, maybe, so I was, I was questioning, I was like, maybe that's just for Delta. So I was like, so let me watch the AKA announcement video. And when I did, I was like, God just kept confirming. It's like, yep. Even when I watched Dr. Candace's video, uh, I felt excited about denouncing. And I just know that was the Holy Spirit in me, excited that I was re- being revealed this truth. So that's how I came out. Wow. Dina, I know you want to jump in here. Thank you so much for sharing that powerful testimony. Yeah, I mean, it's super powerful. And I'm I'm excited, right? Because I feel like even when I went to college, I did not know about the Greek life at all. I think my older sisters who went to college, they talk about the dogs, which I don't even know which sect that's in. Um, but so I just had no clue. And I remember when I was on campus, someone was like, you should be an AKA. And I was like, what do they do? And I was like, oh, those are the ones like kind of squeak or something. Like I literally, I had no idea. Like they make this sound or whatever. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, no. And that was because I was an, I considered myself a nonconformist. And so like you, Candace, I was very much like, if everybody's doing it, I'm not doing that. And also don't, I don't want you to tell me what to do. And if you tell me to do something like wash your car or like do like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like I was very much that way. So that's why I could not, but that's all I knew. And I didn't even understand anything about, um, you know, like denouncing and all that good stuff. So I'm, for one, I'm just so grateful that you all are willing to have this conversation. And, um, and I'm going to tell you because I don't know anything about it. I'm like, and then what happened? And what happened after that? Like, I, I want to know because I'm, I am, I am the audience. I am the audience of people who were, have never been in a sorority, who've not, who don't know anything beyond it besides maybe going to a step show and watching y'all, you know, watching when people would, that's most people, right? There's a group of people who've done it and a group of people who haven't and don't understand, right? Like you see, you hear about, um, what's it called? You guys hazing, right? You hear about that. And like you think those are the extremists, right? You think not everybody's doing that. Like, and cause you know, some of this has resulted in death, but then when you, to hear you guys kind of, you know, talk a little bit, you know, like Brittany, you said underground and above ground, right? Like that was like, what does that mean? Right? Like, so I, I guess my question is like, you said you were in a fog, right? Like it just was like this hazy kind of what, and I feel like that's a part of it. I feel like that's the goal is to get you not firing on all all cylinders as you're going through this process, because you're less likely to say no. You're less likely to say, I don't want to be a part of that, or this doesn't make sense, or I don't want to do that. But like, you know, were there any activities that, that literally was like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. I cannot believe this is a part, this is a, the process to get to what I want to do. Was there anything during that time period of where you're crossing, I guess, that was like alarming, you ignored it, but like maybe it was just like, kind of like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Was there anything? Sorry, on me, I'll answer that. Um, and, and Brittany, you highlighted this. Um, and it's interesting you use, you know, underground and above ground. And I was like, wait, same for me. I, I didn't, now you hearing that language, I was like, yeah. And so for me, it was because I knew I was a light, right? Like I grew up in church 
and people always complimented me on the joy, my smile and things like that. Um, I loved people. So I had a lot of friend groups in high school. Um, I was involved in a lot of activities. So I liked being out and about. I liked to dance. I liked to, you know, just have a good time. And so what the difference was for me or kind of like, okay, was just the secretiveness of it. Um, and, you know, Brittany mentioned set. We had set as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did too. And it was, you know, meeting late at night. I remember um, we would meet. My dorm at the time was uh, towards the bottom of the hill. I went to WKU. So it was at the bottom of the hill. And we would meet. I couldn't get picked up for set, you know, in front of my dorm because it's secretive. So we literally, you know, I didn't walk by myself. I did walk with the other girls who were online with me. It was like three of us. And we would meet, if I'm not mistaken, like behind a big garbage can a little bit further up the hill. Right. Like, you know, we're and I remember, you know, um, not cutting through dorms like I normally would to get to the top of the hill, you know, but but going a different route, you know, and it was like, man, it's late at night. And like I have class the next day in the morning, you know, so but I just had in my mind, well, this is a part of it. This is Mm -hmm. a part of it. And I had the sisters that were online with me. So at least we're together, you know? Right. Um, so that was kind of yeah. like, dag, and it's really late at night. And I remember <laughs> I had a boyfriend at the time and supposedly we weren't supposed to see each other. And I'm like, even though that's a whole nother episode, but I was committed, right? I'm like, what you mean you can't see him? And he brought me food one time and I got in trouble for that. I got all of us in trouble for him bringing me food, <laughs> which I can laugh about now. But even in that moment, I'm like, I'm about to eat this. Good food, he didn't, because it was good. It was like Sunday quality college food, right? Like old Charlie type food, you know. And I'm like, y'all, y'all know I'm hungry, right? (laughs) I just had to throw that in there because it was like dumb stuff like that. But um, but just the secretive secretiveness of it, um, and and the darkness Mm -hmm. of it, it being late at night, us staying up really late, and then I remember trying to still go to class, and I did not do well that semester. At all, I actually lost um, a little bit of a scholarship. I'm glad I didn't lose all of it. Thank you, Jesus. But um, that was like my worst semester. And I remember dropping a class um, because I just, I was still in that fog. I couldn't concentrate because it was lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. So, but again, I I questioned in my mind or I would, you know, confide in um, some of the ladies online with me that I, I wasn't close to everybody. It was 11 of us online, but there were a few that I was really close to. And I was one of the younger, I might've been the youngest actually. Um, cause my other sister's, her birthday was in January, mine's in February. Um, and I remember looking to the older ladies online, like as, as mom, as big sisters to just, I remember like just laying my head, like what, are, what is going on? But it's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be, you know, them trying to comfort me even all the while that it was, it wasn't right period. But I still was like, I'm in it. Yeah. This is what it's about. So. Yep. Same. I honestly didn't want to question anything. I, since I was so new to what a process was, I was just like, like Dr. Hannah said, this is just a part of it. And I was honestly kind of intrigued by how 
all of the rules were, I was like, oh, like we can't wear certain colors. We can't eat sweets. We can't talk to boys. Um, we can't do a walk on grass, like all of these rules. And I was like, that's like, I don't know. It was like really cool to me for some reason. And um, at the same time, I just knew, I remember even while we were online and after we crossed, we were like, that's not real life. Like being online was not real life and so it never it always kind of felt like a dream or a nightmare I don't know what you want to call it but it never felt like I was like living during that time like I don't know it was just a really weird time but one thing for sure stood out to me the only one thing that I questioned actually came because another girl that was online with me while we were um doing our above ground process, doing one of the rituals, which said, uh, we pledge our heart, our mind, and our soul to the organization. And I don't know if we were like reading in the book beforehand, or like how she had an opportunity to, to like point that out. But she was kind of like, she's, she looked at us, she was like, wait, she's like, are we supposed to say this to God? Like, she was like, mm, I don't know about that. And we were all kind of like, yeah, like, that's weird. But again, we're like, but in my mind, I was like, I know there's a lot of Christians in this organization. And it even said that it was spiritual. So back then being young and very naive, I thought spiritual meant Christian. So I'm like, we probably are doing this unto God. So I just didn't think I didn't allow myself to think much about it. That's a, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Brittany, because I, I think there are people who are listening. I think there are people who um, maybe just haven't been exposed to this knowledge and may question, can't the two coexist? Like, can't I keep my affiliation and be a Christian? What's your answer to that? I'll answer. Um and I would say that I know that I talk about, I know that I was a Christian, right? Like I know that God's hand was on me all. I wouldn't be here all throughout college. I mean, going to college, going away to school is a huge thing, right? Away mm -hmm. from the comfort of my home, away from that mom, my mom said, you know, time to get up, you know, and I'm discovering a whole bunch of new things. So in the midst of me, exploring things that I said I would never explore. I would never have sex outside of marriage, right? I know God's hand was still on me. And I believe that I was saved. I had given my life to Christ when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. And in spite of what I did, the poor decisions that I made, even after college, right? I know his hand is still on my life. And so what I would say is, I, this is, I do believe you can still be a Christian. However, I don't believe that you're living that abundant life that Jesus came for. You're not, you're not. And that's, that's my, you know, that's my take on it. Um, I, yeah, I, that's what I'll say right now. I may have more a little bit later, but I'll just say that um, you're not living the full life that Christ, you know, came for the reason that he came and I would say that um, we are called to be, we are royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're called to bring heaven to earth. Like that is the mandate. Um, what I am 
and I just hadn't read Revelation when I was younger. That's not something that we were at my church really, but Jesus comes back, but then heaven comes to earth. He creates a new heaven and a new earth where we're going to reign with him. Right. And so I think that when we're walking in darkness, whether that's a part of an organization, a part of um, something that's very restrictive, that's not light and pleasing to God, then we're not able to rule and reign like he would have us to rule and reign on this earth, even right now before the second coming. That's good. So you, what you just described is more of a, a form of oppression or bondage, like basically saying, yes, you can be a Christian, but you will be in bondage. Mm-hmm. You will be spiritually oppressed. Yeah. Would you? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you said so, it. I couldn't, I didn't have that okay. language, but yeah, like, like a stronghold, you're not living God's best. Right. Like, and there's so much more. And even I think what's so powerful for me um, is that, you know, coming out of Delta, denouncing and renouncing that just revealed so much other things and, and, and another level of freedom that that Christ wants me to walk into. So it calls me. And again, he wants to take us from faith to faith and mm-hmm. glory to glory. And he's been so gracious with me. He's like, OK, you come out of that. OK, then there's also this over here. Right. That I, I need you to take care of, that I need your eyes to be open to. Right. Yeah. That you thought it was this way, even growing up, maybe even some things that you heard in church. Right. But that is not kingdom. That's religion. Mm -hmm. It's not kingdom. Jesus came and preached the kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. Repent. Change your mind. Not just I'm sorry, Jesus. No, change your mind, which when I renew my mind, I'm changing my behavior. Right. So I can live out this truth, this freedom. Right. That he has given us that he has made available, but I have to choose that. So good. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And I'm still processing. He's still doing a beautiful work, you know? So I just want people listening to know that I'm still, and that's what I love about God. It's a journey and I'm, I don't have it all right, but I know who does and I'm sticking beside him, right? It's me and Jesus. And I love that he's, again, he's so gracious. He's not mad at all. If someone is in a sorority fraternity, he's not mad at you, right? But he has more Mm -hmm. for you. When I I renounced or denounced, right? When I decided I'm, (laughs) peace out, right? Like he wasn't mad. I didn't feel like he was mad. And he had to remind me, don't even beat yourself up about that, Candace. Right. Like even and I'm because I'm getting hyped, but even listening, I had to listen back to my testimony. I recorded that testimony on YouTube that Brittany saw in 22. I denounced in 2019. So it was a period of time before I decided with his help that, okay, I am going to publicly talk about it. Right. Like I I had to have my own process and I also had to tell myself with his help. Okay, just because she was really loud about denouncing and renouncing and she went live on Facebook immediately, it's okay if you don't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it is, Candace, I love you. I'm with you. This is how I'm leading you. And thank God for our personal relationship with Christ. Like that's the most important thing. Have that personal relationship with Christ and be obedient to what he is leading you to do, period. And that's what he had to work on me on because I just talked about. I was looking to people to please and give me what I was supposed to do, you know, even though 
I might not say that externally, but I can say that now that I wanted to be led by people. I wanted them to tell me what to do. I wanted to follow. And he's like, I'm the one you're to follow. Follow me. Mm. Mm. (laughs) It was that invitation. Yeah. And I think we wanted to get into a little bit of, uh, for people to understand, because I think it's kind of one of those things where you can get subjective about this instead of, you know, where you can say, I have an opinion about this and your opinion may be your opinion, but it's not based on truth. Okay. So I want to call that out because somebody's listening and they're thinking, okay, that's her experience. That's what God asked her to do. Very similar to what we've talked about in some of our previous episodes where, you know, Dina mentioned, Hey, God told me not to watch Grey's Anatomy. And then we were like, Hey, but this is what happens sometimes with Christmas, right? If Dina goes on telling everybody, don't watch Grey's Anatomy, that's that's not God's word for everybody. That was his word for you for some reason, right? That you needed to pay particular attention to that command. However, with this, this is something different, right? Because we're not saying this is a subjective thing. Like maybe if you're interested in developing a deeper relationship. We're saying we want to be clear. If you are in alliance and allegiance and agreement with these creeds and rituals, then you are in bondage, spiritual bondage. You are oppressed. And whether you know it or not, whether you feel it or not. And so I want to give space for that because we've talked about it. Like people don't like to use the words demonic and witchcraft Mm -hmm. and, you know, before we even hopped on, we talked about that. Like, how do we, you know, Dina brought up like, well, how are we going to get into this space of calling out what this is? Because when you hear that, it feels like, ah, like, what are you trying to say? You're trying to call me a witch. You're trying to call me, you know, and it's not that, but we do need to unpack that a little bit. Right. So Dina, did you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, uh, yeah, because, you know, my personality is like, I'm right in your face, right? So, so I really, that you know, we eased on into it. But, you know, a spade is a spade. You know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hot, cold, black, white. Like, I don't really do grays and middles, right? And so it's not, it's not really just about, you know, so you all's thing was you join a sorority. Okay, somebody else did something else, right? Like, there's people have their things. But at the bottom of it, right, there's some idolatry there, right? There's some witchcraft there. There's some divination there. There's Those things are in that, right? Whatever it is. And so that's what we really have to address. And the enemy loves, right, for us to keep it kind of like, oh, we're up here. He don't want you to get down to the root of it, right? Because when you start digging at the root, something's about to die off, right? Right. I mean, have you cut a plant at the top and you leave the roots there and see something else start growing up? It may mm. not be the plant that was originally there, so, but something else starts to grow up because you haven't really dealt with the thing, right? And so, you know, I know there's kind of people, people like, because you think about, you know, you all, I'm sure you can attest to this, but I'm telling you from a person from the outside looking, look, from the outside looking in, I've seen the relationships and the, the places that sisters and, and brothers get each other. Right. I've seen my sister brought me into this position. I got this job. I got put in front of this role. I, I've, I've seen it active in so many different spaces. So I understand that the benefits are sexy. The benefits are cool. The benefits, 
you know, I've got this family, we're going on trips together. I've, I've seen it, you know, where you like, you're not getting a job because <laughs> that's already been slated for her sister coming. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I've seen where you may not like a particular sister in your sorority, but, but when necessary, y'all come together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because you all have a common denominator, right? And so I feel like it's necessary for us to talk about at the root of what was happening when you lined yourself with this particular organization. No, no different than what was happening with me when I decided I was going to be a lesbian for several years. Like what was happening with me where the enemy was able to trick me into that? Like what was I thirsty for? I was thirsty for love. I was thirsty for connection. My heart had just been exploded from a heterosexual relationship. And so I was like looking for love in all the wrong place. Like I really was. I was just looking for love. You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay. And and I, I myself, when I, I think I've since mentioned, mentioned it before, when I started dating my, the very first girl I started dating, I was in a fog about who she was. I didn't even recognize her as a lesbian. I didn't even know the word lesbian. I didn't understand any of it. I'd had no idea. So I can identify when you say fog, because I was mm -hmm. in the fog. It wasn't until I had already started feeling some feelings. I was like, what's happening? Like, this is, and by that time I was like, well, I'm already doing the thing, right? But I had experienced that fog. And so it, it really is important because the enemy, he doesn't need you to turn all the way around. He don't want you, he don't want you to do that. He just needs you to get a, a couple of degrees off mm. of the truth. So that you just continue to believe the lie, right? So that you continue to walk in that path. And we've got to talk about it being demonic. We got to talk about how, you know, maybe front facing, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, but that, but at home, there's something else probably happening with you. There's, you might be suffering from depression. You might be suffering from all kinds of things and you don't know it's because of your connection to, right. to demonic activity. You, you don't know that all the things that you're experiencing, you know, you know, delays in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you're waiting to be married. You're all these things are happening in your life. It's because of these connections you have with this ritual that you spoke and that the, in this covenant, because God don't play about covenants. He doesn't play about covenants. He doesn't. So if you've aligned yourself in a way with something else, then that's what you've aligned yourself. Absolutely. He loves you. Absolutely. He wants you to come out of that. And he's trying to get you to the truth. But we really have to talk about, you know, it is a demonic activity. It does take a toll on you physically and emotionally. It does affect all the other relationships and it affects your decision making skills and everything else. That's why, Dr. Kadish, you said when you got free, he was like, now look over to your left. Let's deal <laughs> with that. Right. Like it was like the scales were gone mm -hmm. and you were more receptive to seeing other areas in your life where you had been in bondage and he desired to set you free from. So, you know, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other scriptures that, you know, and I had to change my location. So I don't have all my resources because I just came in here <laughs> at the moment, but we do have to, you know, if you all can speak to that, you know, cause I know that as you were walking through this deliverance process and this healing process, you know, God had to obviously bring you out with scripture so that you could, so that you could recognize this is what I say about a thing, but this is what that said. And this is why it ain't right. This is why I want you to follow me and follow not that. So, you know, yeah, jump in, Brittany, you know, Candace, about what scriptures God used 
to move you to a place of deliverance and healing and completely, you know, owning that, that place of freedom and stepping away. I I definitely want to jump in. Like, that was so fire, Dina. Everything you said is just spot on. And I want to go back to Kish's question about Christians. Are you able to be in a Greek letter organization and be a Christian? And that was one of the number one first pushbacks I got when I told people uh, my close ones that I was denouncing and renouncing. And they're like, but why are you doing that? Like Christians can be in this, like it's not a evil thing. And so, and I ha- God has continued to reveal truth to me in that area. And one scripture that stands out to me is um, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. And this is NLT. It says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And then it goes on, I'm going to jump to uh, verse 23. It says, but I reply, and it it says, um, even though, yeah, we prophesied your name and cast out demons, that's what 22 is talking about. But 23, and this is Jesus talking this whole time, uh, 23 says, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And to me, this is so many things are speaking to me in this because, first of all, this is the New Testament. And a lot of people like to say, well, God's laws, the the, um, Ten Commandments, that's Old Testament. You know, we don't have to live by that and all that. But no, this is literally, okay, Jesus talking. New Testament, and he's literally telling you right here, if you break God's law, you're not entering into the kingdom of heaven. And one of God's Ten Commandments is, do not have any other God but me. And Mm -hmm. so, so many things with that. But um, there were a lot of scriptures that were um, revealed to me while I was coming out, because it honestly was a process, especially those first two weeks. That first week, I dealt with a lot of spiritual warfare, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to answer your question. Um, And just like knowing that, again, I don't want to just use my own experience, but I believe that God gave me a very bold experience and so that I could be bold and speak out about it. But I know for sure that I believed that I was a saved Christian before I denounced and renounced. I knew I loved God. And I'm thankful that I knew God and that I had a relationship with God before I did renounce and denounce, because even the Bible says whenever one spirit leaves, it can come back with seven that are stronger. And so, like, I'm glad that I was in that good uh, spot with God so that I could clean up house. And no, you're not getting back in this house. No more. No more. And of course, I'm still being delivered after that. Continually being delivered from things. And God is opening my eyes to things I need to let go of in my life. But just one thing for sure that happened to me is like that first, the first couple of weeks, first of all, felt like a funeral. I felt like I couldn't shake it. I just felt like I was at a funeral. It was kind of like sad and dreary. And it was just like, I was like, I don't know. I felt like something was, I just know it was my old me dying in off of me. But instantly it felt like, wow. like the scales were removed from my eyes. And I started to look at things that mm-hmm. I was doing. And I was like, how do, how did I think that's okay? 
even like while I'm a saint out here professing that I'm a saved Christian, I love God, even though I did, I was still out here doing a lot of worldly things. And I'm just, I was out here being really lukewarm. Let me just say that. And so I'm, I'm just like, one of the first things that um, God delivered me from was drinking. And not to say that I never believed that I was an alcoholic or anything, but I literally had to have a drink of wine. It got to the point of wine. At first it was like any drink, but I believe even before I renounced and announced, God was trying to deliver me from that. But I had to have a drink every weekend. And that first weekend after I renounced, I did. I got a glass of wine and I poured it and I set it on the table and my son knocked it over on the accident. And I was just like, in in that moment, I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me, you don't need that glass of wine. But still, I re-poured me another wine, a glass of wine, because it was a habit. I was just like, I, I want this drink. And so I drank, I don't even know if I finished that cup, but anyways, like slowly God started telling me like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because I was out here, like people, when I would go out places and they'll be like, you want to drink? I'm like, uh, I don't really drink like that anymore. And then God told me, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. It's like, I need to just say, no, I don't drink, period. Like, you know, so, but anyways, that's just one thing. But I truly believe that like I would not have come to this place with Christ or even like you all talked about how you can see strongholds. Like I, I like again, like even after I renounced and breaking off strongholds, I thought I was good. Like after the first couple of months, I was like, oh, I'm good. I finally here I am. I'm perfect in Christ. But then another thing comes like, oh, my goodness, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. It still continues to this day. I can just see things that. God's perfecting me, like came to stand from glory to glory. And it's a beautiful process. I'm thankful that I can see now. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So, so <clears throat> excuse me. This has been a really, really rich discussion. I'm, I'm trying to, I know we're kind of at time, but I'm trying to make sure oh my gosh. that we've, I know, so much more. I know this time has just flown by, but you know, I've, First of all, thank you so much for being willing to share. I want to I want to highlight the importance of sharing your testimony, right? And and as you said earlier, Dr. Candice, about trusting God with that process, right? Not shaming yourself if you don't feel comfortable sharing your testimony or don't feel like, you know, you're ready to make that step. What we ask you to do is to consider Right, just like God asks us to consider uh, and and really be in a place where you're being real with God. I think I know uh, Dr. Candace, you mentioned that there's um, someone, Lala Jenkins, I think that's committed to exposing and sharing more about this, and Brittany, that you were able to share with her your testimony as well. And I believe one of the things that I know I've heard her say in the past was about her testimony was that it's either this or is that like it's either God or is you holding on to your affiliation and literally said is this or is that and she let go of it because she said I want you God and didn't know the why like didn't know the demonic connections and all of that until she said I'm following you Lord and so I believe that God is no respecter of persons. And just as he did that with her, did that with you, both of you, 
and we'll be doing that with others. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit when he's speaking and trying to help you become a better version of yourself so that you can be righteous in his eyes, right? Like the blood actually covering all of your life that you don't deny the Holy Spirit doing that work in you because it's for your good. It is for your good. And I will say, I'm just putting it out there because that scripture that you read, Brittany, the Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23, it's one of those scriptures that I think haunts me, right? Because, and I will say haunts and inspires, like motivates at the same time, right? Because it should, as Christians, we should be in a place where we're like, Lord, constantly opening up my life before you. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to close off any part of my life. I'm not trying to hold on to anything you don't want me to hold on to, because if it's going to cause you to feel like you never had a relationship with me, you don't know me. And when it's time for judgment (laughs) and I, I'm being judged because I decided that my Greek organization was more important than you or my desire for this thing was more important than you. That I mean, none of us want that, right? And I think we get tricked and deceived. What we talked about is deception. You know, when we were talking about that fog, that's deception. And if you're in a place where you're just constantly being deceived, then you never really see the truth for what it is. And you feel like the things that God is trying to remove from your life is actually taking away from who you are, but it's actually adding to who you really are. (laughs) And I just, I want to put that out there because I think whoever's listening, if you're grappling with this decision or you're trying to figure out if this is a word for you or not, or you're mad because you're like, this, this has been the best experience for me. I love my sisters, my sorors, my bros, you know, whatever. God's not saying to stop loving people. (laughs) He's not saying to stop pouring. He's not saying to stop connecting with people and sharing his love and sharing the good news. But he is saying those vows that you took, those rituals that you shared that maybe you remember, or maybe you don't, right? All of it is connected in a way. Maybe it never came out of your mouth, but the affiliation is there. That connection is there and it needs to be broken, severed. The That tie needs to be severed. And so I just want to make that clear for anybody out there that's questioning. And if we can wrap up with just both of you sharing a couple of practical things that you did, like I know you mentioned scriptures. We, if you don't mind sharing those with us, we'll put them in the notes. But are there any other things that you did practically to help you get to the place of saying, I am, I am strong in my faith of renouncing and denouncing? Like what? You mentioned bringing out the ritual, looking at comparing that with the word of God. Is there anything else? Um, I'll just, I mean, that's a big piece. And the verse that keeps coming to my mind is we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Always be open to learning. And so as I was listening to the young lady who I had brought in share her testimony and she said that's what she did. She also shared a, a pastor preaching about secret societies. And he was talking about Freemasonry and really the history of the Black Greek 
Greek organizations because it's nothing new, right? Like there was Freemasonry back, 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 back in the days, right? So that was very eye-opening for me. But that, like, take a look at the rituals, whatever organization you've been a part of, and read through it um, and then have your Bible right there. But then also I knew of other, um, I'll say sisters who also renounced. Cause I remember like maybe five or six years ago, they told me and I was like, okay. But again, in my mind, I'm like, I'm in it forever. You all are still my heart, you know, my friends, so we can still kick it. You like, I, I don't, I'm not against you at all, you know, at that, you know, and so I was so grateful that I could reach to them and just say, listen, here's where I am. Can you share your testimony, you know, even deeper with me? So that really, really helped me. Um, And then getting quiet after I had done my research, right? (laughs) Getting quiet and praying and not ignoring how I felt because it was, it was really Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Like, oh, Candace, hey, like light, like light bulb going out really. And just something rumbling, like pay attention to how you feel. And even before that, cause it was, he was, you know, waving the flag and I was ignoring it, you know, a little bit, but in that moment of breaking out the rituals, breaking out the word, listening to my sister's testimony, um, he caused me to go back. Well, Candace, why did you feel the way you did when you were around the members of the organization and doing something that, and it was kind of innocent. Um, we were making a video for our chapter anniversary and I felt so uncomfortable because we were reaching out to charter members and I just was like, why don't I want to do this? Mm. And I kept ignoring how I felt. Don't ignore how you feel like ask God and he will reveal. And he did eventually, you know, like he did reveal. And I'm grateful for that. So that was, that's what, that's the practical for me. (laughs) That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. Brittany, how about you? I did the same, kind of similar. The first step was listening to a denouncement video. And then I watched three, I believe. And then I had to pull out the ritual book and I read through it with, for the first time since I had did it. And though I didn't remember exactly what I did, at the time when I was reading it, I was visually seeing all of it. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, this is not okay. And especially, yeah, just so much was popping out to me. So yeah, I I pulled out the ritual book, read through that, um, watched announcement videos. I also was in communication all week with someone um, from the chapter that I was a part of who had recently renounced um, and denounced and uh, she I was on the phone with her like all week like girl help me pray for me we were talking like it was just so awesome to have some godly counsel during that time because it was like a new thing to me and kind of like like you mentioned earlier Kish I think like you know, it kind of goes against cultural norms. It's like, I, I, I didn't go looking for this. It, it just kind of mm-hmm. like fell in my lap. And I'm just like, what? This is kind of like interrupting my whole life. It literally did. It interrupted my whole life. And so, um, I, yeah, those are things I did. And I fasted for those first two weeks um, just so I could be really clear and hear the Holy Spirit. And, yeah, I was in my Bible heavy 
I mean, like never before I was reading so much scripture and yeah, that's what I did. And then, and then to actually renounce. So yeah, so the first day I renounced, you know, I asked God to forgive me for my sins. I was like, I don't want no parts of this. And then I wrote my letter to um, the headquarters saying the denouncement letter saying, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Actually, yeah, I threw away all of the paraphernalia that I had. And, um, man, when I did that too, it just felt like, oh, like, like Candace said, like freedom. That's the best word to describe. It's just like, I felt so much freedom. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. (laughs) Goodness. Thank you all for sharing. I mean, I, I, I just want, I know we want more people to be free. And so thank you so much for sharing this. And I will um, just end by saying um, that from from my perspective anyway, my last statement here is that we serve a God who is big on words, right? He's big on what you speak, what you declare. This whole world was created based on his word, him saying a thing, let there be, and there was. And so sometimes we downplay what we're saying and what we're agreeing to. And we have to be mindful of that, right? So I, I just want us to keep that in mind. And Dina, if you have any parting thoughts and you want to pray us out, we'd greatly appreciate it. You know, I, I don't have any parting thoughts outside of thank you guys for your willingness to bring light um, to this area that so many people are a part of. And, you know, just really don't have any idea of what they said yes to and how, how long and wide and deep that, that yes has been. And, um, and so I just, I just want to say thank you because what you did is that you planted some seeds and for some, and you watered others, um, and, and, and towards the kingdom, I will say. And so, um, so I'm just, I'm so grateful for your willingness to, to come on and then, and then also should we ask you to come back? Will you do so? Because <laughs> I feel like there's just much more. There's much more. And so, um, so again, thank you for that. And just let's, let's cover, be covered in prayer. Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father God, to, to hear your word, to share. Your word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and our testimonies, Father God. And so these testimonies have been rich. They have encouraged. They have strengthened. They have educated. Father God, and so God, we thank you for for what was done today, um, and 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 we pray for for um, it to yield, Father God, and, and those who are in sororities, in fraternities, Father God, or they're a part of something, um, and identifying in a way that does not directly connect with you, Father God. Um, we ask for a blessing to be upon. Candace, and we ask for a blessing to be upon Brittany as they continue to walk in their freedom. Um, I believe that that their testimony will be called upon again in other areas as they help to bring those in the sororities, in fraternities to freedom, Father God. And so I just want to thank you for them and I ask that you cover them and their families, Father God, and anything that they're they're connected to, Father God, um, yet let it yield an increase. And we just want to thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Please be with the listeners, Father God, those who came here specifically to hear this word, to specifically um, know what was going on. They may have come doubting and, and having their own opinions and saying this is, a, uh, this is a lie. But Father God, speak the truth, Father God, as they 
close out and, 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 and in their quiet time, Father God, whisper the truth to them, Father God, so that they may be able to walk in all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Yay, this has been amazing. Kumi Sheree, you guys.